0: Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for Impact. Hi, I'm your host, Ron Huntley. I was challenged by a good friend of mine named Wayne to find three people I could help. And today's guest is now a good friend as a result of taking up that challenge. Adrian serves in leadership in his Catholic Chinese community in Melbourne, Australia. And he's a wonderful man. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Liftoff and the clock has started.
0: As clergy, finding lay people with passion and talent... Isn't always easy. And as a layperson, finding an outlet for your passion and talent in the church isn't always easy. And so today, as we begin to unpack that topic, we're going to be speaking with a friend of mine named Adrian Lern uh, from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to the show, Adrian.
1: Hi, Ron. Thank you for having me. So, uh, yes. Like uh, Ron said, I'm from Melbourne uh, and I actually go to the Catholic Chinese community in Melbourne. There are many of those um, around Australia and obviously living in Melbourne, uh, going to the Melbourne one and I actually am an accountant by trade.
0: Love that. Accountant by trade, uh, which is consistent. We were talking just before the show started about your your APEST profile and your... And your strength finder themes. Why don't you share it for our, for our listeners? Because I know a lot of our listeners are are familiar with APEST and and strength finders. And so,
1: so um, my first my first APEST is uh, teaching, and the second one is apostolic. Okay. And for my for my strengths, the first one is um, restorative. Uh, comes activator, significance, analytical, communication, in that order.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. And that's kind of fun. I always love in the coaching that I do, I love getting people more and more familiar with their charisms of apest and their strength themes, because it's really how God hardwired you. And we'll often attack ministry and be motivated by ministries based on those things. So the more we get to know them and appreciate them in ourselves, uh, then the more we can align what we do and the call in our life with different things in the church that can make a difference. And I would also say the better, the more familiar we get with those, the more we can appreciate other people's charisms and strengths, and then learn to work together. What was really fun is you and I met with uh, a group of your friends who you work closely with in ministry. Tell us, tell me a little bit about how you guys met and and who they are.
1: Um, We actually met a long, long time ago, like, probably back in my high school. Okay. So I met Jacinta first. Uh, that's when we were involved in um, youth group back in those times. Yeah. Um, and then obviously um, there was this forum called Pan-Australia um, Forum where all the CCCs or the Catholic Chinese Committee around Australia actually get together um, every three years or so. Which is like an Olympic, and then they just have a then they talk about um, pastoral pastoral things or how how to run Catholic Chinese communities, and when it was in Melbourne, um, Carlos came down, and that's how uh, we met Carlos, and obviously. Um, Carlos and then and Jacinda got together somehow, as God would have it. And uh, yeah, and we had many many great projects. So we have done a lot of great things together. And and I truly appreciate the journey with um Carlos and Jacinda. But also um, Tina, we also have another team member called Tina, came on to us uh, a little bit later. But um is also amazing as well. And we have done a lot of projects like together as well or ministry. Um, and yeah, especially in the last one that I did before this divine renovation, it was a church camp and yeah, she took it over for me now. So I washed my hands clean for
0: that. (laughs) Raised up another great leader. And that's so important. It's fun because we first met, I, I remember when we first met because I was on a, one of my speaking tours that I was invited to do in Australia. And I remember meeting you guys and. I was so taken by your contagiousness, the group of you. I just thought, wow, these guys are awesome. I remember thinking that. You guys left an impression on me. You were at one of the events, and we said hi afterwards. And, and you guys, your, your joy and your, your contagiousness, it really made an impact on me, and I never forgot you guys. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you guys emailed me some of the work that you were doing with your yes. local parish.
1: Yes, yes. Um, it it is amazing. Like, um, I think this one of the great things about Carlos, right? He he loves to just keep all these connections around, and and sometimes like I'm being a little bit more um logical. I go, why why would Ron like Ron always goes um think supernatural, not natural. But when I think naturally, why would Ron remember us? Like, yes, we took a photo, we talk about a few things, but why would Ron remember us? But um, obviously, uh, yeah, it's amazing how all these little connections actually, um, yeah, it's just growing, and God is putting all these gifts to us or giving all these gifts to us that we just don't know what to, how to use them. We know that they're gifts, but we don't know how to use them like at, at times. <laughs> I,
0: you know, what's fun too is you guys sent me that the work you guys have been working on a five year plan with yep. your parish and just really trying to come alongside of your priest and, 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 and help and use your gifts, which I just admire. You've taken so many of the divine renovation principles and put them into practice in terms of this plan, which I think is so fun and neat to see the end result. But it was just around that time, a good friend of mine, I, I reached out. He's always asking me, his name's Wayne. He's always asking me what he can do for me. And he's just always so generous. And I said to him, Wayne, what can I do for you? Like, <laughs> stop asking what you could do for me. You're, you're always so good to me. Darn it all. What, surely I can do something for you. And he says, yes, you can. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, cool. What is it? He said, I want you to pick three people to help. And you guys had just reached out to me. And again, the, I, I had an affinity to you guys. I really... Liked you. I was attracted to you guys, and and so isn't it neat how he challenged me? And I thought I'm going to reach out to you guys and to see if if uh, maybe you want to partner up and to see if I can be a blessing to you in any way. And, uh, and so I reached right back out to you guys, and, but it was because of Wayne. And so if you're listening to this podcast today and you're thinking, isn't that cool? I challenge you to randomly help three people just, just, just to put some good in the world proactively. And you never know where those things could go. And, and for me, it's, it's developing a wonderful friendship with you and your team, who I've grown to love and really appreciate. And so it's been a blessing to me too, Adrian. Yep.
1: Thank you. Thank you but um it is definitely amazing and um we we thank obviously we want to thank rain for getting you to, uh to accepting that challenge and obviously thanking your time because um a lot of these things will not will not move ahead without your um affirmations or even just go just go and do it just do it and then um that's how we go yeah
0: so what kinds of things have you like? Because we worked together probably for six months, and we're going to continue to to connect quarterly. But tell me what kinds of things you've learned as we've spent some time together and as a team, as you've been discerning the, our times together and how you've felt challenged.
1: Um, I think I think um, one of the things that I learned the most is having the team about you and not under you right i think that is a very important thing um i see i see a lot of um it's it's a bit sad to say it i see a little bit of power struggle within the church all the time actually a church is a is a mini version of the society so that shouldn't be a surprise and we are actually a church of sinners and then we are a church of humans so that shouldn't be a surprise but um i think Given that is um, that is a great challenge, um, being a leader, serving the people, and um, being a leader and not a manager as well, mm. and having um, and having and yeah, powering, empowering people to become a leader and equipping them with all the tools that they need, and this is an area that I actually feel a little bit lacking as well. That, that we are obviously trying to resolve or maybe even develop in, in, in the future. But it's mm. leadership training as well. Yeah.
0: That's such a great principle, uh, the whole idea of instead of seeing, and I hear it all the time when I coach, is people often say, well, those people report to me. And, and one of the things that we always try to do uh, is change that language of report to support. So no, mm-hmm. they're not they're not their job isn't to report to you. Your job is to support them because leadership is the gift when done properly allows all the other gifts to flourish. So other people's flourishing is your success, not their executing tasks because you told them to. Those are two different paradigms. And and to your point when we shift there, the onus falls on us all of a sudden to learn how people are hardwired, who are they, what their gifts are, what their call is on on uh in on their life how close they are to jesus you know because we can come to the church and not be particularly close to jesus in mm-hmm. terms of relationally and so we can get really busy doing church and and driving tasks and projects and practices and not really care how close people are to jesus <laughs> which is so crazy like my gosh, we are literally in the people business and Jesus is the reason for everything. And so it's, he's literally the most important thing in everything we do. And yet we behave, we make some really gross assumptions on how people are relating to Jesus and how close they are to God
1: just because they come to church. Don't you find? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, Especially with our with our community, um, and this is not this is not um, to to talk down on the people or, or criticize any people but um, there are many times when people are simply not challenged um they 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 are happy to go on their own um but well they have been around for 20 30 years in the community and and obviously you would say that they are they, are, they are faithful um they they have their faith but um at the same time they probably simply go all right coming to church every sunday is enough and um yeah so definitely um
0: i saw a uh, i'm gonna get you to look this up if you haven't seen it yet i just finished watching yesterday it's a two-hour youtube interview uh our conversation really kind of like what you and i are doing right now except it's on youtube and it's with jordan peterson and bishop robert Barron. and jordan peterson is not a professed christian uh, but he's not an atheist either uh, and um, anyway he's talking to bishop robert Barron, and he's just saying well if the church is not attractive to young people anymore and he really challenges bishop Barron on the catholic Theology on this stuff and how it's being presented, but it's a very respectful conversation. It's a a conversation driven by respect and curiosity, which I really appreciate. It, but you know, he said at one point to Bishop Barron, you know, basically, you know what the problem with your church is is you don't you don't ask enough of people. Like it's just so bland and boring. Uh, there's no great adventure, and you know, and he and again, he doesn't profess to believe in, in the Judeo-Christian God in his fullness, but he's exploring it. But he says, if if what you believe and what you claim is true, it's literally the ultimate adventure in life. It's the highest purpose and calling. And yet you ask so little of people that it's it's not an adventure at all. It's just this dialing it in going to church is the goal that is such a terrible it's such a low goal it doesn't it doesn't inspire anybody to do anything great it's like no we just want you to go to church it's like oh gosh where's the call of that where's the sense of adventure and purpose and and, and change the world and make a difference like i just see jesus as the ultimate difference maker and sometimes i see going to church as just the ultimate in boredom if it doesn't you know? It's if it doesn't lead to some great call on our life, this great sense of purpose, which is there in the Catholic Church. Let's be clear. I'm not. I'm not saying it isn't there. It is there. But how do we bring it alive? Is the challenge, and that's what I'm hearing from you.
1: That's yeah, um it's, it's how do. You, yeah, it's how do. you Um, is how do you always take the next step. Is is just having a doing And one of the things is we are actually previously, I think our. When I was uh, in the in the youth group days, or maybe um, just even a little bit older, when I was in uni, um, I always think I'll never be a saint. But I think it was in in the um, in the Madrid uh, World uh youth day. That's when I heard. Well, everyone is called to be a strain, uh, a saint, and what is stopping you striving to be a saint? Yes, I'll probably be very very far away from being a saint. But what is stopping me from trying to be a saint or closer to be a saint um in the, on the next day or the day after, and then you just have to keep going and taking the that, that, the steps like every single day, because um that's how you would improve. to be honest, I don't know how I would live if um if I simply live my faith as uh, just going to church every Sunday. <laughs> to be honest, hopefully that's <laughs> not offending any people. <laughs> right because you know when
0: we talked about your strength theme
1: significance
0: is your third strength theme and and it's not uncommon for us in our strength themes to have one that we kind of go oh I'm not sure about that one not sure if I like that one for me it's self-assurance I thought oh gosh I'm not one of those guys am I like oh no like and I look at it but that's that's called a barrier label when we when we mistake one of our strengths as a weakness or we dismiss it as a weakness. And so it's because we're not looking at it through the lens of God. And, and so when I think about the strength theme of significance, you know, just going to church and, and being a good guy is never going to be enough for somebody with significance because significance is one of those strength themes that falls in the influencing category. And, and so it's not your idea to influence. It's God's idea that you should influence. And so stepping into that strength theme isn't your ego. I mean, it is outside of a relationship and the humility of knowing whose you are. But once you know whose you are, not stepping into that is a bigger problem than stepping into it. God has hardwired you to influence and, the, and he wants you to influence by being engaged in projects and things that can have an impact on all kinds of people and it's so you know it could part of that could be a fear is this my ego but it really isn't it's no that's how God's hardwired you so run into that be excited about that we always have to check our humility and stuff but that's an issue no matter what our strength themes are
1: <laughs> well that's that's actually funny like um like I mean looking back at how I got into ministry. I got into ministry when I was around probably 15 years old or 16 years old. And that was when I was um, part of the older service group. Yeah. And they were having an AGM and they were electing who's going to be like a president and all these things. And then there is this role which is a wise master of ceremony. So I don't know what that was, but someone told me that that position has great power. So During a mass, even the priest has to listen to you. I go, How great is that? Oh, nobody wants to do it. I'll do it.
0: And that is how
1: I started my um, ministry journey. And then, yeah, it's just, yes, I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't get out of it. um, And all these years, 20 odd years of uh, ministry, and that's how it is. Right. I, I, I see that. I see that. Well, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have probably got in. And when I was young, I hated going to church. My brother, my dad, and I would just be so slow at um, getting ready to go to church until that it was so late. And then we could tell our mom saying that, well, what's the point of going? By the time we arrive, it will be late. We will be late. So let's not go this week.
0: <laughs> your poor mother
1: yes yes, but i mean i mean <clears throat> everything is history now so um everything is history but um that's how we all started or how i all started so that's
0: right. and not uncommon there's so many of us going oh that's me too and so many people i remember teaching sunday school for my son's uh sacraments and um had a meeting with the parents and And they're all a little bit nervous because they're like, "Why are you meeting with the parents?" And so I had somebody covering the class at the same time, and and I started by telling them how much I felt your way, and and I just don't want that for our kids. Like Jesus should matter, and so how we do church matters. And if people are bored out of their mind, that's on our that's on us as leaders to figure out how do we engage with people in a way that makes sense. And and then I got them to speak in their small groups, and the laughter and stuff because it gave them permission, because they knew that. You know, I wasn't sold out on this stuff as a young boy and gave them permission to be honest. And, and I think sometimes that's the first step in, in, in letting God speak to us through others is when we can be true and honest with each other mm-hmm. and, then, and strive to be saints. Like, what does that mean? Like, that's a pretty cool goal. How would you describe that? Wanting to be a saint, like because I know for for people who don't come from a Catholic background or maybe aren't Christian, think, oh, that's I've seen lots of pictures of those guys in brown things with a bad haircut uh, and a halo around their head. Uh, <laughs> like well, that looks pretty boring. Uh, so, how would you describe being a saint?
1: Uh, well, for myself, it is uh, living as much as Jesus like as possible. I mean, he's the ultimate saint, or he's the ultimate goal, and. And hopefully, like I mean, you know those uh, little bumper stickers or anything. You, you always have that, like, what would Jesus do? And that's actually that actually um, has ingrained in my mind, like, what would Jesus do? Like, if if I get if I get angry or if I'm in a in a challenge, and like when I'm facing a challenge, what would Jesus do? And um, do I leave it to God or do I just do it in my own human ways or do I pray? Mm. And or even. I always get frustrated. Like I'm a very impatient person, and and when I get impatient, it's like or oh, or when someone wrongs me, how should I react? And and I think that is to me to sum it up is what would Jesus do? Will you do the same? And that that is my um yeah. And trying to I I cannot do it this time, but can I do better next time? Is about like that little steps that I talked about.
0: Yeah. 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 That's, that's great practical advice. You know, I'm laughing because of all the strength themes, if you read through the 34 different strength themes, there's only one of them that comes with a warning, and it's activator. <laughs> Activator basically says you can be impatient. There's just such a drive to action in somebody with Activator. And so that that frustration that you can feel at times is so normal. Activator is my first strength theme. And so I realized God speaks to me through my frustration. I've stopped judging myself because of my frustration and started recognizing it's actually part of the gift, that sense of urgency that God's placed in me. I just have to make sure it doesn't turn into judgment. <laughs> And then when it does, to apologize and take responsibility for it and repent, because it's actually one of the driving forces in the life of somebody who is an activator. The key is just not to let it get to that place of toxicity or judgment with groups or individuals. And, and uh, But once I came to recognize that, I can, I can tune into it faster in terms of how I'm feeling. And then look for the root cause, not get distracted by the feeling, but look for the root cause. And I think that's an important, uh, uh, important tool.
1: I think that's, um, I I agree with what you said and, um, and always, and always listening, like being open to other people's feedback will definitely help as well. Mm. Um, because I think, um, I think, uh, probably just a few weeks ago, um, I'm having an, Let's say a heated conversation, or not heated, passionate conversation with my yeah. mom and about about church and all these things. And then she goes, she like, "Why are you keep telling people what to do? Why why are you why are you doing that? What makes you what makes you so special, or what what gives you the authority?" And then I go, "I'm not trying to tell people what to do. It's just that this is why I know." Things well, this how how things should be activated, and then or how things should go, and then. But also at the same time, like you said, not not to not to let that um feeling or the emotion take over you and turn it into something toxic. I think mean, that's very important. So I definitely agree with what you said, and um yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> thanks, mom. <Mama.
0: laughs> <laughs> oh, what's so cool too, and what your mom who who I I, I love already. Uh, needs to know about her son is three of your top five strength themes are in influencing. You're literally hardwired to influence and your, your themes are teacher and apostolic. And so you are called to teach people how to grow and influence. That's literally how you're made. And so what we're trying to do, all of us is step into how we were made like to have the freedom to fully be ourselves and trust that God made us on purpose? And when I think of sainthood, that's what I think of. Do you have the courage to fully be yourself in the likeness and image of God? Because that's how you're made. You're made in the likeness and image of God. Now, there's no perfection on this side of heaven, uh, and so it's going to require a great deal of humility because you're going to make a ton of mistakes but that's the human experience that isn't a mistake in and of itself and so to have the freedom and the courage to step into who we're created to be and live that out in love and service of others to bring the the greater good in the world (laughs) that's being a saint there is no downside it is so exciting and to not do that is a tragedy if you ask me and i think that's what leads to unhappiness unfulfillment um searching for the wrong things like thinking oh, all we need is all the money in the world and everything will be great or or all the fame or whatever and not that those things are bad in and of themselves but when they're out of order Mm -hmm. we start to worship we worship what we what we have an affection for our heart is the seat of affection, mm-hmm. and so when we pay attention to what we're longing for, we can tell whether or not we have an ordered um, sense of praise um, yeah. that will lead to life or death and mm-hmm. and and so that's why what we do as Christians is so important isn't it to help ourselves yeah. and to help each other and that's why your relationship with the people on your team is so important because mm. my guess is you guys help each other be better is that fair
1: yes yes definitely and 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 it is it is such a precious relationship that you it, it just allows you to do whatever um i guess i guess on the on on the same token like how how good your relationship with god will also dictates how much you will go like how far you will go and and um the team the the team bonding between the um between the whole team is actually quite strong and we would not yeah we would we would do a lot to to preserve it or to keep it going yeah
0: Mm. That is so cool. Dude. Tell me a little bit, but give me, cause I've always been curious. We have a, a Lebanese community here that I'm good friends with a bunch of the people in that community who I love dearly. They have a Marianite Catholic church um, just down the road from St. Benedict, actually, they just built a new one and it is beautiful. And at one point in time we spent, uh, they came and years ago did Alpha with us and then took Alpha and did it in their, in their Lebanese uh, uh, cultural club. It was awesome. But I was always intrigued by it like did they see their purpose and call as gathering all the lebanese in halifax or is it bigger than that like i really didn't understand this cultural churches and so give us give me some insight into the purpose and and the sense of call and mission for a a cultural church like a chinese cultural church um
1: I think for us is first of all, we are Chinese in a foreign land. As such, we want to actually um yeah, just to have the Chinese to have that sense of company, to have sense of um fellowship uh with the people who speak the same language, who has the same background and who, um yeah, and, and at the same time, uh, worshiping the same god is a definitely a massive massive bonus um and and this is the i think this is the major theme like if you ask a lot of our community members they would say it is so great to to um actually be going to mass with um to to be in um cantonese or chinese or mandarin uh, i think this is the the main thing like the just to grab like you said The Lebanese church, they probably want to grab all the Lebanese uh, within the same area, whereas for us, we want to actually um, grab all the Chinese, um, if we can, for us. But also, it's not simply about grabbing and gathering people, but we also want to help them as well. Like, um, if they are new migrants, we want to help them to settle down, we want to give them the friendship, we want to give them the support. Um, If people are in need, we can actually help them. So... I mean, whether there is a further purpose or, like, I mean, in the past few years, we do have that um, question of, okay, what happens if they are now more Australian-born Chinese or more um, English-speaking children, like, within the community? How do we cater for them? Or do they go back to the local parish? So there are, like, different thoughts on those. But, um, I mean, at the... at the very least, like I think the the committee was set up so that people like of the same ethnic, um, same race can come together and worship in their own language. Yeah,
0: that's so cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that uh, that really helps me to understand. And I see the because they're, like, I don't understand the plight of a new immigrant. I don't mm. like my grandfather would have, because he came to Canada from Ireland on a boat and they had Mm. nothing. And so, but I'm third generation. And so I've take all this for granted, which is not helpful when it comes to loving and supporting people who are going through that fresh experience. And so I really appreciate that sense of purpose and call uh, that really helps me to understand that. You know, We have the same thing for Nova Scotians. A lot of Nova Scotians get displaced because of lack of employment, or certainly it used to be the case. And we have the same thing, except they are Nova Scotia pubs. And so in every city you go to, you'll often see a maritime pub with a Nova Scotia flag on it. It's where Nova Scotians go to drink and tell stories and to connect. A lot of the things you're talked about without the worshiping god uh i just say that tokenly, but it's actually true i remember being in uh toronto and seeing the nova scotia flag on the side of a pub and i thought i've got to go there and i did and uh right away just made all kinds of friends which was kind of funny but the filipino community invited me we have a big filipino uh We have a lot of immigrants in in Nova Scotia now. We didn't always, but it's really fun. It's changing the face of the church. And it's it's helping us to grow and learn in ways that I find really, really exciting. Um, But I remember the Filipinos coming together and they invited me to go. And the African community did the same thing. And it was so fun being around a group of people from the same culture because they appreciate each other so much because they were outside of their country. And the fellowship and the friendship and the sense of family they had and the laughter and the craziness between each other, I rejoiced. It was so much fun being a part of that. And I think there's a lot that can be shared in that um, now because that sense of belonging that you get when you see it, when you see belonging, because sometimes you can go to a church and it doesn't even look like they care about each other nor does it mm. look like they care about you. And so clearly the rituals and things that are going on seem to have significance and importance, but from, from the outside, you look at it and it seems very cold. It can seem mm. very impersonal, but I, I would guess that in a cultural church, it's less like that because these people are there on purpose. They want to be together. They, they value each other's because of the cultural thing. Is that the
1: case? yes, yes, um but but yes, everyone actually had their own group of friends, um they have their leader group or their fellowship group, but I guess one of the um long non problem that we we always try to solve is how to actually extend them like beyond their own um cell groups or fellowship groups or anything like that um i guess I guess the the <laughs> Once again, like we, we keep talking about problems of the church and that's not what I, I don't want to do. But also at the same time is you go, like what you said, like you go to some churches and you feel the people are cold and things like that. And, and I guess it happens a lot around. It, it really depends on where you go or how how um, the level of it. Um, our church or the church that we use is actually quite cold in the winter. And I always and I always make physically it fun, cold. But, you mean
0: physically cold? Yeah, like, physically yes. cold.
1: Okay. But also at the same time, I also I also make the joke. Go, well, it's physically cold. Well, it, it sometimes it matches our character. So <laughs> that, <laughs> oh. maybe you should edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it would it would be true for for a lot of parishes. Well,
1: yeah, but I also see like what you said as well. Though um the 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 rituals, the culture, the way of worship, because um, just back in uh, 2019, I would say, um, I did go to Panama uh, for the World Youth Day, and their worship, their, their songs, their music, is just totally different. Like, if you go to a Chinese community or maybe even just, maybe even Australian community, they may go, oh, these, these songs are too too vibrant, too loud, or too exciting they they would love the um, more solemn the solemn the organs and, and things like that but and you would have experienced that with the Filipinos and the African um communities as well. They're dancing, they they're, they're singing and it's just amazing.
0: That's not very Catholic That's not very Catholic at all. <laughs> That's at all, what we can all. think
1: sometimes. It's like wait a minute, that doesn't <laughs> feel Catholic it's like Catholic but it makes sure- feeling. <laughs> yeah but it makes the whole thing so fun i I was like wow amazing
0: yeah that's one of the things i loved about how father james went at saint benedict he really did want to leave places for both Um, he didn't want to place emphasis on he wanted a place for one and the other not one or the other because we do recognize that there are different ways of of experiencing worship, and, um, and I love that. But I'll tell you, the thing for us, and this is one of my things I love the most about St. Benedict Parish, is that people would, they often would come to our church and not tell us they were coming priests and bishops and and people from all over the world um, because they didn't think it was true. And so they wanted to like maybe they came to a conference and just experienced this joy and this praise and this hospitality and thought, yeah, that's cause you guys are doing a conference. You had to be like that. Like, nice try. And they would either come early or they would come again and they wouldn't wear their their collar because they wanted to just see how people treated them. And they were amazed that it was just as much hospitality and just as raucous praise as when they came at the conference. Like They're not faking it. They actually mean it. And what I saw at St. Benedict Parish, and both Father James and I would say, we've always dreamed of a church like this. We'd never belonged to a church like this before. But it was the leadership. It was led. Because I believe, here's what I believe, Adrian, is that every church, yours included, every church, that's what people want. They just don't know how to get from here to there. And that's why leadership is so important. It's not going to happen just because we tell people to be friendly. How do we set goals for what type of church we want to be? And how do we get from here to there? And for me, the answer is simple. It's actually embarrassingly simple. It's Jesus. (laughs) It's Jesus. And that's why Alpha is so important because people rediscover the simplicity and the power of Jesus and the holy spirit and once they rediscover that and and begin to be more docile to surrender to the holy spirit regularly it changes everything like it's our strategic plan is jesus (laughs) right it's jesus it's And that's what made all the difference in the world at St. Benedict Parish is that people would say, I've been going to church my whole life. I've never experienced community and joy like I do now. And it's because Alpha really helped us usher in because that's what we wanted for the whole church, not just for their Alpha experience, but it started at the Alpha experience. Because just going to church, you wouldn't even know it was possible or a goal. But then once you experience Alpha... You're like, hey, is this possible? And the answer is yes, if you continue to double down on this stuff over the long period of time. And, and you have that as a goal. And that needs to be a leadership piece. And so it's, if it's possible in Halifax, Nova Scotia, it's possible in a Chinese Catholic church in Melbourne and in any parish in the world. Because I believe that's, at the, that's, in, that's deeply planted in every heart that God has created.
1: Totally agree. Um, when I first started, well, when the seed of um divine renovation or changing the our community um was sown, that is when I started hearing from um some of the older generation. Mm-hmm. They actually want to evangelize. When we thought they probably just want to come to church every Sunday, and that is when I started thinking, okay, how can we put a plan to to make this happen? Mm. And uh, yeah. Definitely, and in obviously, it goes back to, um, yeah, Jesus, and also how to actually, how do we actually create those opportunities for people to encounter Jesus? Because without without experiencing Jesus, their faith is um, based on knowledge or something that they know, and based on the every um the Sunday masses. That's yeah. all. That's all I do. Yeah.
0: It's funny you say that because we can often misjudge others and God forgive us, but it's just such a human experience. It's not the end of the world, but it's, it's wonderful when we can own our wrong judgment and repent and give people a new freedom to ask better questions so that we can really get to know people and really understand their passions. Um, it's so important, but oftentimes in the work that I do in coaching, diasin people say, Yeah, we, we got to get those young priests. Uh, because maybe we'll have a chance with them. And I say to them, it has nothing to do with age. Like Father James's book, Divine Renovation, has awakened the human spirit, not in everybody, but in a lot of people, and they long for it. And it has nothing to do with their age. It's, Do you believe that God can still use you to do incredible things? That has nothing to do with how old you are. In fact, I coach a lot of priests in their 70s. And they mm. have just as much or more passion than I've ever had, and and God's going to use them in this season to bring new freedom, new hope, new passion, new purpose to people. And so I, I it it has less to do with age and more to do with the disposition of our hearts.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, and I recently have an experience when yes, similarly, um, I miss someone, and I and and that. That is another realization for myself on the leadership journey. It's like, well, that's what you could think, or maybe even your closest, um, the people closest around you, because you guys, because we think so um, in 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 a similar way, that we think that we we think the same, and you you actually take that as a take the judgment as a fact. Whereas, further people further away from you, they actually look at someone else and say. That's not who that person is. The person is someone else. And um yeah, so I guess um it is always um being open and rather than looking for the negatives, look for the positives in um in, in every single person because everyone is created in the image of Christ. So there you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Full circle.
1: Uh, yes, yes. That
0: is so so cool. What's your dream? For your parish, what's your dream? And I know it's, but it's okay for all of us to have a dream, even as lay people. It doesn't mean it's ours to necessarily institute, but it doesn't mean we can't dream. What's your dream for your parish?
1: Oh, it is just a Ribbon Missionary Church. If, it, if the craziest dream will be, um, yeah, it will be just another um maybe another thing, Benedict, or just pulling. So we are a Chinese, yeah, we are a Chinese community, but who knows if crazy enough, we may even be pulling, um, like you said, Filipinos, Lebanese, uh, Australians, anyone, like anyone, like we chat anyone from around uh, Australia or the world.
0: Amen. Can I speak a prophetic word into you and your team? and and i want you to hear this i believe that you guys have the call and the capacity to impact the asian church globally i really believe that god has a call on your life to get this leadership stuff to grow and i know you guys are in different leadership roles that i believe that is your formation space because god has a bigger call on your life and i hope that And I believe God is going to use you to bring hope, freedom, passion, and power in all kinds of places beyond your parish. But a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Buckingham, once said, the candle that burns the brightest shines the furthest. And so it's your local church context. It's your local ministry. Getting that ridiculously right becomes the uh, integrity. For the mission that God has for you beyond your church, and so I'm going to continue to pray for you guys, and I just want you to believe in yourselves because I'll tell you, I really believe in you guys.
1: Thank you, thank you, and I think um, so. So it's not it's not out of question. It's not out of question because uh, we, as a team, back in when we had the Madrid World Youth Day, we actually contacted all the um like all the different chinese communities within australia for now um to to band together to go to madrid and we already know some of those um the the leadership people um in those communities and definitely we are we know that we are doing something totally different definitely it's like a step uh, ahead of the others and this is not boasting but we know that what we are we are on like we are being honest with ourselves And uh, one day, uh, when we had our brother chat with um, Carlos, Mm -hmm. we said, well, I said, who knows, maybe maybe next year or whenever, let's have a pan-Australia renewal tour or just, just go. All right, let's take two weeks of annual leave and let's just go to each of the community and talk about what we have experienced and tell our story. Amen. Amen. And um, yeah, and I hope um, people will pray for us for this as well.
0: God bless you. Thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you.
0: Can I challenge you to proactively reach out to three people you could be a blessing to in some small way? If you do, I would love to hear about it. Go to our website at ronhuntley.com and let us know who and how you've randomly decided to help. Thank you for listening this week and for rating and sharing this show with others. Together, we are making a difference. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.